Hello everybody and welcome to the History Voyager. My name is Benjamin Kitchings. As always, there are a zillion podcasts out there. Thank you very, very much for listening to mine. This is a conversation about the oil situation in the Permian Basin and one man's career as an oil man. I learned some things in preparation for this show. I simply did not know. For example... There is more oil in the Permian Basin than anywhere else in the world. The Permian Basin single-handedly makes the United States of America a net oil exporter. And that is very important for our stability as a nation, as we can see with the Russian involvement in Ukraine. In fact, if that weren't the case, the Permian Basin that is, if it weren't the case, Russia would be the largest exporter of oil on the planet. Now, all of that to say this. We are in the middle of a changing climate. Now, I used to be a climate skeptic, climate change skeptic, I should say. That is no longer the case with me. I'm not what I would call a climate warrior by any means. And there's reasons for that. The main reason that I essentially became somebody who acknowledges the reality of climate change or, you know, is open to the science of it is because I am a hockey fan. And a long time ago, I came across a report put out by the NHL on the fact that they were having problems making ice in Canadian markets. And basically, they were saying they had to go to Texas and Florida to learn how to make ice the way they make it in Texas and Florida. And this was something that they didn't used to have to do. There's a fascinating statistic with Americans that the majority of Americans actually travel very close to home. And that's because we're the second or third largest economy in the world. The vast bulk of that economy happens out of tens of thousands of counties, happens essentially in about 150 counties. So that's essentially, we have a whole huge population that travels a very small amount. But you also have this huge, this still large population that travels an awful lot, you know, hundreds of miles for just daily living. And that, to me, is a central loci of conflict in our country even today when you have you know the majority of the North American fleet being you know internal combustion and we talk about the culture war today imagine what the culture war is going to be like if we do say 2035 where the majority of these car companies are going to have you know battery operated cars and by the way we're not even talking about 
Do you really think the oil companies are going to just take that lying down? Are we, the American people, going to have to bail out the oil companies in the 2030s? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I'm old enough to remember the the light bulb switch over to the current light bulbs and how many people were very upset about the, the new light bulbs. I would imagine that, that a car is more vital to people in their lives than, than light bulbs, to a lot of people. Um, you know, so to me, you know, th- this politically is going to end up being an unforced error, basically. Um, not saying that I'm not, you know, sympathetic to the fact that the climate is warming, to the fact that, you know, I talk about in, in the podcast, I talk about, you know, I have a fall birthday and I have all these photographs of of me on a certain day in the fall. And here lately, they happen to be in shorts and T-shirts where when I was a child, they were in coats. So, you know, I, I'm not unsympathetic to that. And I'm somebody that's done a great deal of research. For somebody who's not a climate scientist, I've done a great deal of research in in climate change. And I'm 100% on board with that it's happening. I'll use the word uncertain as to how man-made it is. I certainly know enough to know that it's man-aided. To what degree it's man-aided, I couldn't possibly tell you. Because, again, I'm not a climate scientist. But I do think that we need to start thinking about, you know, what are the opportunities or what are the opportunities for, you know, reasonable getting around in certainly a gasoline-less world. All right. With that said, like I always say, I'm having a good day, and I hope you are too. Give this podcast a listen. It was it was a very interesting podcast to record and to to talk to this gentleman. Again, uh, I'm on the new provider, so you know, help get the word out that I'm on the new feed. And one of the reasons I'm on the new feed is is so I can do things like this. I can have these type of conversations, you know, ad infinitum. But anyway, folks, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. Okay, Alex Flores. Why don't you tell everybody as much as you want to tell everybody like who you are. Well, my name is Alex Flores. I've been in the oil and gas industry since I was 20. Um, I will be 38 on the 16th, which is 11 days from now of March. And um, I, uh, yeah, I've spent my life in the oil and gas industry growing up that way. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, I think the oil and gas industry is under attack. 
uh, and it's need. It, it's not needed, is what it is. Uh, we are the reason this world goes round, and once we're gone, everybody's going to see it. I think here's something I didn't know until you approached me. Um, and for okay, I think we should get some things out of the way right now, at least from my perspective, at least how I feel about all this. I person well, I personally. I don't want to use the word believe because believe is a different word. I've researched climate change for years. I understand climate change is, is a happening and b very real. Mm-hmm. Um, I could debate as to how much of it is human aided or not. Yes, sir. But here's something I know because I started getting interested in battery operated cars. Uh, we just don't have enough. Uh, carriage capacity. We don't have enough materials to make batteries. We just don't have enough. I mean, so like I was telling you over the phone, so I think in 2035, the the car business wants to shift to an all-electric fleet, and we just don't have that Mm -hmm. capacity right now. And I wonder, let me just say, let me lay it out. So Generation Z is the smallest generation in America. I, by 2035, these people are going to be in the labor force. They're going to be buying cars. They're, they're going to be of the age that would buy cars and be in the labor force and all this. I wonder if what's really happening, if the car companies are setting up for a bailout in, say, 2035, seven or 40 or whatever <laughs> you know that's yes. what i wonder um but yeah so why don't we just start what do you mean under attack let's let's go like there let's start okay right there. yeah absolutely so people get you know people have the negative idea of who the oil and gas industry is they think we're some dumb um roughnecks and I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. Some of us are a few crowns short of a whole package. I get that. (laughs) But this is kind of a last resort for some people to try to make, to be contributing members of society. Yes, Mm -hmm. there is, there is cases that way, but it's not always like that. Okay. I came into this industry telling me about all the money that I'm going to make. And they weren't lying to me. I was 20 years old bringing bringing home three grand every two weeks. You know what a twenty-year-old does with three grand? He has the time of his life. $6, yes, thousand dollars a month. Yes, at twenty years old, name somebody else at twenty years old who's making that money. Nobody. So, let's so do, I came into it. What's up? That's seventy-two thousand a year back of napkin. Yes, that's at a twenty-year-old back in. Oh, when was that? Yeah, two thousand in. Yeah. Six. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, That's a pretty good chunk of change. Yeah. Yeah, For you, that was before the crash. Yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, I, I left, I was in Southern California going to school, uh, uh, at universal technical Institute. Great school. Had a great time. I learned a lot that has helped me out in life there, but I got a call from a friend of mine saying, Hey, come up here and let's go to work. So, 
I think within a week of getting that call, I went straight to Grand Junction, Colorado. And my at the time, my dad lived there. And okay. he was working in the oil industry also. Okay. So, um, you know, we, we go up there and I'm, uh, I'm getting accl- acclimated to the weather and the elevation change and whatnot. And I start working. And I have a picture from the first day of work of what it looked like. And I, I keep that picture because it, it reminds me where I started. I started as a green hat, um, dragging uh, four-inch hoses across a muddy location in a jumpsuit. Okay, what's a green hat? Let's go. So a green hat is called an SSE, a short service employee. So okay, it's a new guy. It's the worm. It's the guy that everybody makes do all the shit work. Um, yeah. Because he's the new guy. It's time for him to earn his stripes. And me being 20 years old, I, they had no they had no, no hard feelings at all doing it to me. And okay. the guys that I worked with, you know, they had been in prison. Uh, some of them were ex-junkies who have cleaned up. And I don't know if you've ever worked with an ex-junkie, but they do not stop. <laughs> they go. And I'm just chunky 20-year-old kid just trying to keep up. And I did. Right. Uh, me and that guy, his name's Chad. He, he and I still stay in contact. He's a really, really good dude. Um, but like I said, everybody thinks that everybody out there is just trash. It's That's not the case. You know, we, we work our butts off and... The, the stories that people talk about these guys cheating on their wives, and it's not like that either. I'll tell uh, you this. I've had more guys get Dear John letters than any woman I've ever seen get cheated on. I have guys that just lose it at work when they find out their wife's cheating at home or girlfriend or whatever it might be. Uh, There's a lot more stories than that than there are mentioning. I'll tell you, when you work 19 hours a day, you want to take a shower and go to bed. You don't even want to take work. You don't even want to eat. You just want to go to bed. Why? Why are you okay? Why? Why are nineteen-hour days common? Like, oh, because we got a job to get done. There's a lot to do in a short time to get it, and they don't want to overstaff the company because that's that's just more mouths to feed, more money to pay out. So you work what you have until they can't work anymore, right. and that's just how it was. I mean, that was old school. It's not like that anymore. Um, I have, I, I now am an operations manager of a company and I have enough guys that I can send people on days off so they can get to hang out with their family and remember why they do this. Okay. So I, I've, I'm, I'm trying to change the, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm the trying to change the, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to change. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, yeah. uh, but you also get to get to um, meet the people who are against the oil industry. I've spent some time in Southern California. Huh. I've spent some time in other quote unquote liberal areas. I don't know if that's a correct term, but that's what I'm going with. <laughs> and just so everybody knows, what I'm saying is my point of view. What? I don't think my point of view is to be pushed on anyone. It's just how I yeah. see things and feel. Okay, so let me ask you a question. The people that you encounter that are anti-oil, uh, what are some of the things that you've heard them say that you'd like to maybe set the record straight on? We're ruining this world. Okay. What we do doesn't make that much of a difference. Um, calling us modern-day slaves, calling us... Um, they say we're raping the earth. And, the, and here's the ironic thing okay. about the whole thing. They'll say this and they'll write poster boards 
that is a petroleum-based, using a petroleum-based marker while taking pictures of their petroleum-based phone and their petroleum-based car with their petroleum-based products all around their life. Yeah. And that brings us to, you know, what they're going to try to replace it with. And that's cannabis. And I'm not talking about marijuana. Marijuana is, I, in my opinion, I think it's a great thing for people, um, especially elder people who have problems. Hey, you do your thing. You get to feeling better and don't destroy your, your kidneys and livers taking pills. That's fine. But the cannabis aspect is what they're trying to use to replace um, petroleum, using it to make clothes, plastics, um, um, other materials to try to replace metals and steels and anything that can harm the planet is what they're trying to replace. Uh And it's just not doable. And yeah. So, I mean, I don't have any experience in the oil and gas business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I've been into technology since I can remember. Mm-hmm. I was talking to my sister about that recently, just how. I don't know why out of the whole, out of all my family, you know, I was the one into technology. It just sort of gravitated to me. And so, you know, I was the one that was thinking, oh, eventually we're just going to have battery operated cars and, you know, self-driving this and that and blah, blah, blah. But then the more you actually dig into the science of it and, you know, uh, some people have told me stuff off the record about, uh, the effectiveness of a self-driving vehicle on the road with people, um, you know, you, you come to realize that, look, at this moment, it's either going to be gas or Flintstone style with the cars, you know, with the, with the yeah. feet on the ground. I mean, <laughs> at this moment. Oh, don't worry. They'll make cannabis shoes for that, too. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of see it as like in a bind. I mean, I literally kind of see it as like we're we're in a bind here, people. Like, do I think gasoline is... First of all, it's the most energy-dense fuel there is, right? Mm-hmm. As far as like powering vehicles, right? Yes, sir. So that's important. That's important to realize. The other thing is... Whatever whatever environmental problems the oil business has, making batteries is much worse. Absolutely. For people. Like, much, much worse. And solar panels. I mean, they're running out of that material that makes solar panels. Well, right. They're, they're in a bit of a crisis. And that's not counting... Um, that's not counting the actual modern-day slavery that's digging up these um, rocks and... You know, these yeah. uh, resources, I don't know if you've seen videos or documentaries on those, but it, it's worse than the blood diamond thing in Congo. It's worse oh, than that. Yeah, it's, it's well, here's the thing. Um, a lot of, a lot of your battery stuff comes from Afghanistan. Like a lot of the ingredients to make batteries, like come from Afghanistan. Hmm. And, you know, and, um. A lot of neon comes from China. 
like 70% of the world's neon comes from China. So we're going to have a microchip problem in a while unless we can figure out a way around it. I mean, um, if they if they want to see the magnitude of the microchip problem, look at what happened in 2020 with all these vehicles that were sitting in parking lots that they couldn't get microchips from. That was on a small scale. Right. And see, my thing is, okay, somebody one time recently asked me, what do you think? If you don't think the battery-operated car is going to do it, what do you think is going to do it? Hydrogen. Well, I seriously looked at the person and I said, horses. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm not kidding. I I really, really think, um, look, we got to figure something I'll agree with the environmentalist on. We've got to figure out a way to power to cause internal combustion in vehicles, right? Mm-hmm. That's a cleaner fuel source than what we currently have. We have to, number one. But it has to be cheap enough and available enough so that you could get it. And so quick enough so that you could, um, you, it wouldn't be a hassle for you to get it. Well, that's that's why I said hydrogen. I think hydrogen, yeah. um, it would be a great thing. And I'll be honest with you, that should have happened a long time ago. It really should have. But with that yeah. being said, you can cause internal combustion and whatnot with hydrogen. That's fine. But you still need some petroleum-based product to make sure everything runs smooth. Mm. You can try to bypass it all you want. Here, I'll give you a great example, actually. Okay. Windmills. The wind farms. Those... Okay. Are at, at far, last I heard, uh, last I read, they are only capable of harnessing harnessing fifteen percent of the energy that it produces because the electric grid that they have developed cannot keep up with it. With that being said, <clears throat> if those windmills are not serviced properly and not oiled up, they will burn up. <laughs> they will burn up. And yeah. then you have a bigger problem. And not to, right. not to mention, I mean, they're just an eyesore. Wildlife don't hit them. We have killed more bald eagles, the American bald eagles, with those than we have poachers since they've oh. become a thing. And well, it's absolutely asinine to think that they are the future because they're not. They have a great concept. Um, I think if you put it on a smaller scale for like houses, yeah, yeah that could definitely help with the power grid charging these uh electric vehicles everybody's what you know trying to push let me just say for the folks you're talking about the big yes the big ones okay like the big big ones that have these massive blades that yes i am that's what i'm seeing when you describe it absolutely yes sir yeah yeah um, but they're not they're not efficient as everybody thinks they are they're not and um, anybody that wants to argue any other way, hey, please look into it. And I'll be more than happy to tag my get, let you put my email on here so they can text email me about it. I'm absolutely okay with this. <laughs> well, the one thing I won't do as far as how to get in touch with people, how to get in touch with my guests, the one thing I won't do is put your actual phone number in the in the description because that's not that's no, I know. To, I know. I'm just. I'm just kidding about that. (laughs) (laughs) But, and you would 
not believe the scam emails I get because I put my podcast email out into the internet. You would not. Some of the scam emails I get are amazing. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> there's a lot of Nigerian princes out there. <laughs> I need somebody to hold money. I'm just saying. Hey, did you see the uproar that happened in Nigeria from the banks saying that their money is no good anymore? They have burnt banks down. That prince is pissed. There was actually, there was a, um, I saw this some years back. There was, this is a true story as far as I was able to tell. There was a real Nigerian, like, millionaire uh-huh. that really needed like some money money to be transferred <laughs> and he was actually calling banks up and they would hang up <laughs> that's fantastic you know the thing is it's not even his fault but it goes along lines with the, the boy who called wolf <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. Like that's fantastic. So, I'll put your email. If you give me an email to put out there, I'll put it out there. But I won't put your phone number. Fair enough. I appreciate that. I'm not going to do that for you. <laughs> I don't think my wife would like that too much. <laughs> no, no. Trust me. Yeah, uh, trust me on that one. She. I. I agree with your wife. Uh, <laughs> but um. So, I think so. You had said earlier that you think the whole green, you think a lot of the green energy thing is businesses uh, trying to pump up the, the, uh, oh God, the, the, the synthet or the plastic made from hemp. Yes, sir. Um, so talk about that. Well, I mean, what was her, what's her name? AOC up in, uh, up in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that whole little girl group that she had was a big, were big voices of that. Wanted to get rid of petroleum, uh, wanted to do yeah. the whole green thing to the point where they said cows are starting to deteriorate our atmosphere. She's out of her mind. That's absolutely insane. All right. Yeah. But trying to get rid of the oil industry, trying to replace everything. I mean, yeah, I've had, I've seen some pretty cool shirts made out of hemp. Um, I, that's like cool, you know, and all it's novelty yeah. items is what it is. Um, I don't, it doesn't matter how much they put into the development of hemp. Nothing's going to be able to take the place of petroleum products. There's just too much. They have, we've put too much into it scientifically um, mm-hmm. And financially, from the government and uh, other you know s- sources, to even let it to let that happen, I really think this was a huge fad, and they're using climate change as the backdrop of it all. And I, I just I just don't see it. Um, and I have friends who are geologists. I have friends who are environmentalists and whatnot, and. We'll sit here and t- we'll sit there and talk for hours on end about it all. Yeah, and it's just a bunch of BS, is what it is. I think well, it's it was a fad, and I think the that wing of the government was pushing it to, like you said, the Gen Z. That that's there's not a lot of them, and they're very very persuadable. Mm. So they're seeing them as the future, and they're 
painting this beautiful picture for them. And that's not how it works. Mother I mean, Nature has another plan for us. And they've, they've proved it time and time again in the past. Mm. And me, there's nothing we can do about it. Let me push back just a little bit here. Yes, sir. Um, so I'm not going to say when my birthday is onto the internet. Mm-hmm. Okay. But let's just say that, let's say it like this. I have pictures that go back for years, taken every single day of my life, okay? Taken every single day of my life on a certain day, okay? On a certain specific day. And it's fascinating looking back on it, looking back at these pictures, because when I was younger, like when I was a five, six, seven, eight years old, I'd be wearing a coat. And now on that same day, years later, I'm in shorts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm routinely in shorts. Okay. <clears throat> so to me, that's the photographic evidence. That's all the photographic evidence somebody would need. Like if I were a historian, right, I would look at these pictures and think, if you go from a thick coat when he's a baby to he's in shorts as an adult, Right, and everybody else in the picture is also in shorts. Mm-hmm. Obviously, something is happening to the weather. That's just an obvious thing. Um, on there was a recent day. Again, I'm not going to say when this day was on the internet, but <laughs> there was a recent day that the temperature that day was 86 degrees. Okay. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Because I remember being blown away by that. Like, it's 86 out here. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, there's definitely days like that, but you also Jesus. get days where there's blizzards in Southern California. I mean, okay. it's, it's just, it's just, so um. Here's, and so I've done research in climate change. Mm-hmm. So here's the problem. When climate change was first identified, it was mislabeled. It was called global warming. Mm-hmm. What's actually happening is that the, there's a chemical change in the upper atmosphere of the Earth that is changing the climate. So that you have, there's a, there's a wind current. I forget the name of it right now, but it, it, it basically moderates the temperature of the of North America, right? Uh-huh. So that wind current is decreasing. So you have wind from Canada going into Texas. So again, I'm not saying that we're going to get out of this with oil, you know, without oil, because I don't think we are, because I don't think you can have, um, I don't think you can set up a situation where you can take somebody hand them a battery-operated car and say, hey, I need you to get from this town to this town across whatever. And even if you have time to charge, you know, where are you going to find the charger? Like when I go around, I live in a big city. When I go around, I don't see hardly any chargers at all. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I mean, where are you going to put them, first of all? 
And second of all, who has time? Okay, let me ask you a question. You work 19 hours a day, or you don't, but you used to. Yes, sir. Right? 19 hours a day. Hypothetically speaking, in that 19-hour day, now I know this is ridiculous because you work in the oil business, so there's no way you'd have a car charger at the oil business, right? No. But let's just say you did, right? Hypothetically speaking, would you have time to charge your car outside of work? <laughs> Absolutely not. That's, do you see? <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think it's impractical. And I really think that those kind of cars are pointed towards places like the Los Angeles, the Miami, the New York City, places where it it's, yeah. It's overpopulated, and they're trying to. I understand they're trying to cut down emissions. My mom lives in the San Bernardino area in California. Okay. Oh, cool. And I would go down there. They have this car show in, in the middle of San Bernardino called Route 66. I believe that was the name of it. And you can see pictures that they used to take that there was so much smog because of the cars that you couldn't breathe. It would hurt your eyes and your lungs. Hey, I respect that they want to clean that up. 100 percent um but we have come a long way to make cars more efficient they have put things in order you know in place to help with that when you know the smoggy missions that you have to go through to even get your car tagged or inspected i completely get it i respect that 100 percent, and i'm all for it let's try to find a way to make these things burn cleaner that's fine with me but completely making them obsolete is not the answer because the way I see it, the car was the backdrop to the American dream. Mm. You know, people went to war, came back and bought a car. You know, they, that made their, that was their dream. Um, it was a way to, to make Americans feel free that set us aside from all the other countries in the world. You just can't do that. Once you start taking things away, you're going to start demolishing this company, this country. And I don't think that's the right thing to do. That's me speaking morally. Um, I, I think what you're going to end up with is I think, so here's something that I think is happening in our, in our society, in our country that like, if you're somebody like me that you talk to a lot of people, like a lot of people all over the place, not just in one place, but a lot of places. I think one of the problems we have is that, our society is becoming too complicated for the average person to understand. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. I think this, I think humanity in general is just becoming too able to say too many things without too, without repercussions. Everybody has a quote unquote voice, whether it be negative or positive. I think that's what it is. Yeah. And there's people silly enough who have enough time on their hands to watch these people and think, you know what? Yeah, I agree without doing any kind of research on their own. People are too lazy. I would 100% agree with that. I, I completely agree with what you just said there. I think, I think that's a – I don't know that I'd use the word problem, but I think for a lot of people it's a problem. I yes. think – because here's something that I did that as a podcaster, 
And if you're listening to this and, and whatever, I'm sure you're busy, but here's the thing I would, I would suggest to folks. Subtract, subtract watching television from your life. Like instead of watching television, have a hobby. Right now, you can replace television with uh, apps like TikTok. Well, right, okay, but do you see what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. Instead of like so, or like I'm amazed how many people once once they realize, well, I want to talk to this guy. Yeah, okay, I have a couple hours in the middle of the day. I can talk to him. Yeah, I just have to not do something that day, or like not watch this show that day or whatever. But my thing is, I think a lot of people are, I think there's a lot of people that have this free time and we, what do you replace? What do you put in there? Like, mm-hmm. what do you, how do you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And some people just need to get out of the house. I agree. And I agree with you that one of the things I think is happening is I think, you know, you're, we're replacing um, where people are seeking to make friendships through politics, which I don't think is a good idea. Um, see, and you just agree with me. <laughs> yep, I agree. Right? No, that's totally. That's and look, both parties are doing this. They're they're both looking at these people that are looking to make friends through politics, and this is not a good way to be. You know, you know, yep. maybe, you know. Just because you live in, you know, Midtown Atlanta or, or San Francisco or wherever, and you can get around on whatever, and, and you can travel short distances, doesn't mean everybody can. Doesn't mean a lot of people could. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's... Have you seen the movie Idiocracy? I have, and I know where that's, I know what you're going to say, and I that's where we're going. I, I, I completely agree with you. And if, he, and if anybody listening, if you haven't watched that show, watch that movie, instead of yeah. talking to someone or watching the news, watch that movie. Or like, here's something that I learned in college that I, you know, I'd write it down for the test and, you know, but I, okay, whatever, sure, sure, whatever. And then I got out as an adult. And, you know, looked around society and I was like, okay, that had a point and I didn't even realize it. But when you start encountering people who can't even spell their whole name, right? Mm-hmm. And you start thinking, how intelligent are they if they can't spell their whole name? <laughs> Really? And you start thinking, like, here's something I know, like, because my parents were were teachers. Um, At some point in the 90s, we, you know, since the the Department of Education or whoever it was that decided this, decided that in order to bring people's literacy up, they needed to read novels. Okay, kids, in order to bring their literacy along, they need to read novels. Well, people stopped reading. 
specifically boys, mm -hmm. stopped reading. And you see this problem today in working age people that, <laughs> you know, so where people, they didn't read as kids, so they're not as, as literate as they should be by the time they're 30 and 40 years old. And I think, I think you're right. I think that's, you know, they're not researching stuff and, and they're not thinking beyond their nose. Do you want to know something that's being pushed right now that really, really bothers me? What's that? Okay, so I get it. People don't need a college degree to get the job that they need or want. I get that 100%. Mm -hmm. But why tell kids, hey, why don't you just go to a trade school? No. Tell them to aim for college and work their butt off to get there. And if they can't get there, hey, okay, look for different options. But don't yeah. tell people, don't tell kids, hey, don't worry about aiming for the top. Just aim for somewhere in the middle. That's that's horrible. Yeah, that's I agree with you. I think that's a huge problem. Like, okay, society. my daughter graduates in May. Okay, she's yeah. she's eighteen. She graduates, and okay. she's going to this criminal justice class at a tech school, which is fine. I support I support her no matter what she does, as long as she's trying to do something with her life and be a contributing member to society. I respect her. But all through school, the teachers were like, oh, yeah, you don't have to go to college. You just check into one of these trade schools. No. Aim for college. Aim as high as you can go and then see where you can land. But I, I agree with you a thousand percent. I think that's and I think that was the American way until very recently. Yeah. And that's when I think the social media came in place People became lazy, and they're like, "All right, well, these people are lazy. Let's not push people anymore." That's silly. Yeah. When I was I, in school, my teachers would ride me. I, I wasn't a stupid, stu a stupid student. I was a lazy student. I didn't like to do my homework. Mm -hmm. I can, I can pass a test. I can do all that stuff, but I was just lazy to do my homework. And my teachers, every single time, would be like, "Alex, I had one teacher in fifth grade named Mr. Pittman, one of the greatest teachers I ever had in my life." Yeah. And he sat down and looked at me. He said, Alex, if you don't, if you don't apply yourself and quit being lazy, you're going to lose everything and you're not to, going to amount to anything. You're not going to get accepted to colleges. You know, that's what he said. He, he didn't say, oh, you're, yeah. you're not going to get accepted to trade school. Well, I think, I think here's the thing I would say to people like, I think the first thing I would say is, and I've said this, I say this a lot now. Um, Google is not a university. If you're, if you're trying to enter the world and you're thinking Google is going to tell me what I don't know. So therefore I don't have to go to college. Um, that's you're wrong because what Google is, is an, is an ad delivery service. Yep. It's very good at that, but that's what it is. Um, I think it's that's terrifying. the first thing. Oh, it's, it's horrifying. It's, and the more, like the more I learn about SEO and Google ads, the more scared I am. <laughs> like, Absolutely. It's ter. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, and this is, you know, the second thing is, I would say this. I would say that your children are going to have to work in a world, and I guess we are too, 
are going to have to work in a world where things are going to change in ways we're not thinking about right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. Cause both of us are old enough to remember a day when nobody thought, you know, what pandemic, what? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There, there'll be nev nothing like that ever. That's a great movie concept, but that's never going to happen. And then we were stuck inside for a whole year. <laughs> or, or like, and here's the scary part. This pandemic, this COVID, if we had Ebola, <laughs> okay, I hear, uh, uh huh, right, right. Yeah. If we had Ebola, and we think about it, we did this for COVID, what are we going to do if Ebola happens? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We turn into a third world country overnight. <laughs> well, well, not just that, but you would. What you would end up with is you'd end up with, because um, with Ebola, like, I think it kills twenty five percent of the people that get it. Yep. So where COVID kills less than one percent, at least officially. So you think about, I mean, Jesus. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, I, I think we got a little bit off track here. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I love about these shows. They go, er they go everywhere. We're gonna have to make another. Uh, we'll have to reschedule another one to talk about how massive society is. <laughs> but see, to me, that's that's what we're doing. We're talking about how okay, all right. So climate change is happening, or whatever. And how do you? You think you can do it with with eliminating oil and gas, but you really can't. No. I mean, well, let's go back to the electric vehicles. Um, like you said, our power grid is not set up for that. We have rolling blackouts in California. We have rolling blackouts in all these huge cities all across the country, whether people believe it or not. It's not the wind flickering, the electricity. No one ran into a power pole. There's not a squirrel getting uh, fried by transformers all the time. They're, they're, <laughs> they're rolling blackouts is what it is. And if you think it's a problem now, try having – how many people are in, are in America? How, what's, the, what's the number? Do you know? Uh, currently, it's somewhere north of 350 million people. All right. Let's say half a million – let's say half that, 150 million people, okay? Roughly uh -huh. half. Um, 150 million people charging their car at the same time on top of all the electricity they use inside their homes, powering microwaves, dishwashers, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. uh, my house right now, we have one, two, three, four, five, five TVs alone. Yeah, they're not huge energy, energy drainers, but, but think about that. You have all this electricity happening at once. You have all these cars being charged at once. You don't think that we're going to have huge rolling blackouts and um, electrical grid problems? I mean, look what happened two years ago in Texas when we had that huge snowstorm. Our power grid just went down. I was one of the lucky ones. I say it was on the same power grid as the hospital, so I didn't lose electricity. But everybody else did. Now, what's going to happen when everybody else loses everything like that all the time, not just when natural disasters happen? That's what they're looking at. Well, so instead of doing that, why not yeah. do a nuclear power plant, which is more efficient than everything above? 
which hey, I think that would be a great thing. Yeah. Personally, I also think that we use, need to use more natural gas, which burns more efficiently than anything. I mean, we're becoming a huge exporter of natural gas for the mm. European countries right now because they're trying to get off the tip off of Russia. Excuse mm-hmm. my language. I don't know if I'm allowed to oh, say stuff. This is really not safe for work. So Okay. <laughs> the last, so the podcast I recorded on Friday, um, this lady was on here and, and she was talking about it's a really, I haven't put it out yet. I'm going to put it out right as soon as I get off with you. But she was talking about, um, she was talking about um, her medical problems that came from <clears throat> fluoride and that came from um, basically her vegan diet. Oh, man. And some other stuff. And so what you hear me saying over and over again is Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> she would say something and then I'd go, Jesus, God. <laughs> so this is a, a speak at will of conversation. I'm cool with that. Okay, that's it. Look, All as right. long as you don't, like, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, there'll be no racial slurs coming out of this mouth. I promise. Well, as long, well that's, yeah. But, like, you know, don't use the F word, like, Every other word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a sailor, sir. I'm a I'm an oil field man. <laughs> I'm not a sailor. I'm an oil field man. <laughs> anyway, oh man, but yeah. but uh, but yeah. So they're trying to you know break away from Russia. So yeah. so we're becoming a huge exporter of natural gas, mm-hmm. and. Because they know, I mean, that's that's a, a huge, uh, like a huge, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a, well, it's, it's, a, it's a necessity. Yeah, it's an absolute necessity. Um, and you know, so we're going to start exporting more and more of that because we are able to get it out of the ground efficiently, safely, and a lot of it at once. Mm-hmm. This is going to sound really, really horrible, and I mean no harm to anybody. In the Northeast, if it freezes during the winter times, you know it's going to be a good year for the natural gas development, hmm. and because it's it's in need. So, what's going to happen when the electricity up there isn't able to keep up during those months, where natural gas is almost depleted in use because it's so cold? What's going to happen then? You know, we have. I don't want to say an unlimited supply of natural gas, yeah. but we there's enough natural gas to be to be um, pulled out of the ground in the Marcellus share, shell, which is up in West Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, Ohio, and enough in the Peons Basin and in uh, in Colorado to to run the whole world. Uh, not even not just my lifetime, but my kids' lifetime, their kids, their kids, and their kids. There's no telling. Electricity yeah. is not going to happen that way because we are not we are not in the mindset to grasp to take control of all that electricity. It's just unsafe, it's unreliable, it's just not going to happen. And they're going to push and push and push yeah. until everything crashes and then they're going to be like, "Well, what do we do now?" Oh, hey, let's go frack some more wells. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I just kind of think, I just kind of wonder, I kind of wonder, um, I don't know, 
there's going to be some serious problems that come along. Like, there's going to be really, really serious problems that come along. Some of this is going to be things we can't, we just don't know how to handle. You know, like, I mean, because I've studied um, the fall of the Roman Empire, Mm -hmm. which a lot of that had to do with one of the underlying things that was going on was the weather, the climate changed during the fall of the Roman Empire. It must have been all that oil they used. Well, it was, they don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They don't know, like, they don't know. I mean, nobody, nobody knows like what it was, but something happened because things happened because there was evidence that stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, you could you used to grow grapes in England. You can't do that anymore. Or you used to could, um, like I was talking about with Hannibal taking elephants up the Alps. You can't do that now. Or like. Swim across the Sahara. Exactly. <laughs> it, it was a, there was a river system that went east to west across the Sahara. Mm-hmm. I, what, I mean, what was that? Oh, what was that? I was looking at it. The Eye of the, uh, Eye of the Sahara? Mm-hmm. Where they think that that used to be Atlantis or something like that? Yeah. So, I mean, it was, I don't know. But I don't know about all that. But I do know that there used to be a rainforest where the Sahara is. So, you know, just saying. Yeah, <laughs> just saying. <laughs> just, you know, because when you start labeling things Atlantis, that, that comes with baggage. Like, so I don't know. But, I mean, but at the same time, like there's a, there, I'll never forget it. There was a, a thing I saw where there were some artist had taken all these. Um, so he'd taken all these condos in Miami. Right. Mm-hmm. And what he did was he took all the, the serious like maintenance requests that were really serious, like structural problems with the building. And he mapped them out and he made like, you could totally see this is an edge of a deep, of a big sinkhole that goes out in the ocean. Right? So, uh-huh. I mean, who knows if that's going to happen, but you can connect those dots. Yeah. So, I mean, I, but the reason I wanted to put this out is because I think this is a lot more complicated than let's just plug in a bunch of cars and. It's a lot more complicated than that. We're not just trying to make uh, petroleum-powered vehicles obsolete. They're trying to change our whole way of life. Everything that I'm using at this moment, from my computer to my microphone, my my headphones, my phone, I mean, Mm -hmm. everything about what I am using on a day-to-day basis, along with everybody else in this world, not just this country, but this world, the petroleum-based product. Um, it doesn't matter. I mean, right. you, you can't, you can't, you can't replace it. It's like, hey, um, they're trying to um, build meat in labs now. It's not going to be the same. It's not the 
the longevity of that, the, the long run yeah. of that is going to be more detrimental than anything. Well, it's like the lady, I need to put this show out, but like the lady, <laughs> like the lady he was talking about yesterday or Friday, um, I didn't know, like, actually, like almond milk. So I put almond milk in cereal, right? Mm-hmm. I did not know that almond milk is actually like, in some cases, more dangerous for people than regular milk. I, I did not know that. See, I'm saying, <laughs> to put the, I'm totally, I'm, I'm saying, but it's like, what did she, she said something about the, like the synthetic meat. And I was like, oh crap. Really? Yep. Jesus. Like she, so she's not a doctor or whatever, but she has research that hell of a lot about the medical conditions going on in her body. Right. Mm-hmm. So she got her really interested in like like eating all natural stuff and like really natural things and stuff like that. And um, she was saying stuff about like, like, you know, the, the vegetable protein stuff like the tofurkey and there's that uh, sausage they make out of tofu now or plant stuff that she was talking about. And she said stuff about that that'll, Move me off that stuff forever. <laughs> like, seriously. Now, if you want the best sausage in the world, it's blue and gold sausage in Oklahoma. I'm willing to put that up against anybody. Shout out to blue and gold. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, what I'm saying is, like, you know, get exercise. Like, get exercise, get out there, you know. <laughs> you know, like, don't make, yeah, okay, pork, whatever, sure, but seriously don't don't let modern technology um substitute for exercise and diet just saying yep um but yeah like she makes me because i had a guest talk about the 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 meat they're making in the labs and then after she was set talking like i'm like god we don't know what's gonna happen like we don't know what other problems somebody's gonna come up with Mm-hmm. Like somebody's, you know, like, yeah. Absolutely. Uh. Yeah. So what what I do in the oil industry, though, is I provide water for the, for the okay. fracks. <laughs> and right. I'll tell you right now, I don't think I've, I don't think there's anybody that's had more guns pulled on people than me and my crews um, moving water. I don't have, I've had stuff shot up. We're, we're not the liked people. Okay. Um, they try yeah. to say that we're, we also uh, contaminate aquifers, aquifers um, underground, mm. which is, it's not true. It's not true. Yeah. Some people have spills that, you know, it, it might affect uh, creeks, rivers, but not in the magnitude of like, let's say um, a train derailment in Ohio, <laughs> nothing of that sort. Um, but we are definitely frowned upon and there is a, there will be a huge shortage of water. I will say that I a hundred percent agree with that. So we are taking steps to, to change that. And one of those steps is the water that has already been used to frack the well is flowed back before the oil or whatever comes out of the ground 
And then we take that water and we recycle it using a DAF program and a water treatment program. And that makes that water, the ORPs and everything, go back to normal so it can be reused and reused and reused. So okay. that's that's what I do. I, I move the water for the fracks, and I have uh, 600 horsepower pumps that I use uh, that are diesel-driven, and I use 12-inch lay-flat hose. It's, uh, it's a weaved hose coated by um, rubber, okay. and uh, we use that to move it high long distances. Um, we go anywhere from a quarter of a mile and – all the way to, I've had a 50 mile lineup and running. So wow. we, we move these things a long distance, very, very efficiently. So our, our loss of water is very, very minimum, very minimum hmm. to maybe two gallons for every 2 million barrels of water moved. Wow. And I mean, to give a, you know, insight on that 42 gallons equals one barrel. And we're moving this at 100 barrels a minute. So it's going pretty quick. Huh. Um, so, yeah, that's what I do. I help. Yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't frack. I don't drill. I, I don't do anything that like that. I move water. And <laughs> we are the bottom of the barrel out here, which I'm okay with. <laughs> what do you mean bottom of the barrel, sir? We, we, we get the, the least respect out of everybody in the oil industry. Because we're just we're just those water boys, is what we are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's something that I've dealt with um, my whole life yeah. uh, in the oil industry, and it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I've I've learned to grasp it and, yeah. uh, you know, just accept it and run with it. Okay. Because um, at the end of the day, they still meet, need me to get their job done, whether it's drilling or fracking. And if I'm not there, they're not doing anything. Yeah. I mean, and there could be some of that. There could be some of the, you know, you get angry at the people you depend on sometimes, maybe. Maybe they depend on us the most, and they know that they can lash out towards us, and we're still going to be there. It's like an abusive relationship that we're in with everybody else. (laughs) It's like I was was watching this thing about um, their – they're ma- they're building a, a castle that they would the way they would have built it in the Middle Ages, mm-hmm. and the the blacksmiths were the ones that um, people you know lashed out at the most. But if the blacksmiths had stopped working, like the whole site would have stopped in two days. Yep. So, yep. saying people don't saying, realize you can lash out and talk to people the way you want, but no matter what. Everybody's essential to a job. In fact, my first day in the oil field, I had this guy tell me two great pieces of material. One of them I didn't listen to until it's too late. All right. That one is don't develop with the, don't develop a lifestyle with the money that you're making here. Because once this bottoms out like it does all the time, you're not going to be able to keep up with it and you're going to lose everything. And I have. I have been homeless. I have, I have gone through the ringer. I have, I have dealt with it. Jeez. And the other thing was, be careful who you treat like shit. One day they yeah. may be your boss. And I'll tell you this, that happened. That has happened more times than not. Um, I have a guy that used to work for me, really, really great guy, really great kid. 
his brother and I have been through a lot together. We've, we've worked on many jobs together and that man has my respect more than a lot of people out here. Well, his little brother ended up working for me. <clears throat> and, um, I, I, I think I've, I've, tre- I've, uh, treated him well. Now he is a consultant for one of these big oil companies that I do work for. And I, we mm-hmm. take direction from him now. And I couldn't be more proud of this kid. Absolutely could not be more proud of him. He's yeah. smart and he's driven. And me treating him like I did, showing respect, um, is going to go a long ways for us. Now, I've had guys that, when I've worked for them, just treated me like garbage. I was the scum beneath their nails. Um, yeah. And now they work for me. I don't treat them bad, even though I should, but I'm a better person than that. I treat them, I treat them right. I treat them with respect. And now I have their respect. And I know, you know, know we're building a relationship, but just be careful how you treat people is what he was, what he told me. And he was our safety guy and he was missing two fingers on one hand. (laughs) If there's anybody I want to listen to, it's going to be him. What was the, there's a movie. There's a movie about, I don't know, it's off topic, but. There will like, be blood? Something like you don't want to, it was like, don't trust the bomb maker that's not missing fingers. Yes, that. yes. What was that? I know exactly what you're talking about. But exactly. <laughs> yeah, l- l- Believe and trust a guy that has been through it that's lose, lost things because of it. <laughs> He's going to yeah, tell you what not to do. <laughs> gonna tell you how not to do it exactly stick with him and you'll get through this (laughs) (laughs) trying to whatever but okay um well thank you alex um how do you see let's put put your crystal ball hat on for a second how do you see the world shaking out in 2043 as far as energy goes 2043 the oil industry is going to be a lot smaller i see it being an eighth of the size it is now and i'm talking about per region absolutely because there's going to be enough people that are going to act like sheep and not do their own research and see things for themselves and they're going to put too many things in place and the, the messed up part about it and I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. It's not going to be the it's not going to be the Republicans that save us. It's going to be the Democrats. Why and do you think that is? Look at history. Look at what happened when Obama was in office. The oil industry just soared. The only reason the oil industry soared under Bush is because 9/11 happened. Okay. And what was? Hang on. I want you to say this because you told me something over the phone, and I went and looked it up, and you're right. I couldn't believe it. All right, so well, the, I'll start. I'll start the Bush administration, and I'll go, I'll go forward and tell you how things worked out. So Biden, okay, this is something I didn't know. So, whatever you see the politician saying, like in front of the microphone, they're doing the opposite of that. Absolutely, everything that they say on the microphone, that's for views. That's for acceptance. That's for followers. And then when they get behind closed doors, yeah. they know what's right for this country. 
and they're going to do what they know is right, and that's drilling. So Trump was in office. Yeah, he had some like two hundred wells, two hundred uh, permits that he granted for federal land. Yeah, and everybody thought he was he was God walking on water for doing that, which I appreciate what he did, but it didn't do anything to help me at all. If anything, he hurt me. Um, okay. I think I think he had a he had great premise. I think he had great outlines, and I think he would have done great if he would have just shut his damn mouth and quit tweeting and just keep doing what he does. He would have been fine. But what um, are you saying? Okay, so the thing you said about Biden. Well, I, I'm getting to that right now. Okay. So when he was on his on his uh, campaign trail. Uh-huh. He was telling everyone how we're going to quit drilling in American soil. We're going to save our land and save our parks and our federal land for things for good. Hey, mm-hmm. he had a great, great speech for those. People loved it, fell in love with, loved with it, uh, okay. slobbered all over it. But then he gets into office. 400 plus wells of permits that he, he pushed through on federal land. And... People don't see that. He's this democratic um, cabinet that we have in there right now is pushing our oil industry to where it needs to go, and that's up. That's exporting uh, yeah. fossil fuels, exporting oil, natural gas, and they're the ones implementing all this. So I, I am a Republican at heart. I vote Republican all day long until. I hear people start talking about what they're going to do with the oil industry. And then I start paying attention even more. And I, I look in myself, who's back and who, who's doing what, who's, who's in what. And the Biden yeah. and the and democratic uh, party, they push the oil industry more than people know. Look so at history. Thing, so one thing I read, which I was amazed at was, was Biden actually issued more drilling permits than any president ever, which yeah. I thought was like, wow. So look, people, and this is what I want to say. This is political theater. Mm-hmm. We, as Americans, <clears throat> excuse me, as Americans, we need to get beyond the political theater and really just look, sort of investigate. Like, okay, what do I mean? Let me be specific. Clean your cash. Okay, out of your computer, clean your browser cache, mm-hmm. and then take go to, go to get C cleaner. That's the letter C and then the word cleaner, and then clean your system again, and log on to Google or whatever, and really do some investigating. Okay, mm-hmm. and the reason I'm telling you to do the other stuff first is you want to give Google a clean slate. Yeah. And really investigate because Google is designed to give you what you want to see. You know what I have found outside of Google? (laughs) I use, I I look at Reddit. Mm -hmm. Nobody, yeah, there's moderators and whatnot, but everybody's got a voice. You can look up anything in the world there and and you can see what people talk about. You'll click on the links. You can, you can go down your own rabbit hole. See what people have to say and see what's really going on out there. I have found more truth in Reddit than I have found anywhere else on the internet. 
And that, that's from all aspects, you know, relationships, people going through the same yeah. things that I've gone through work wise, you know, mental health and not everybody's saying the same thing, you know, and you get on there and you start yeah. reading and you find your own way. You do your own research, quit being told what to do, quit watching the dog and pony show and go do your own thing. Well, see, I, and I would, I would agree with that. I mean, look, you have to get beyond, okay, our politicians, whether they be Republican or Democrat or whatever, are operating in a world where people use politics as a way to meet people, as a way to meet community. Mm-hmm. First of all, that's an insane way to meet people. Absolutely. Secondly... Some things the Democrats say are great, and some things the Republicans say are great. And honest to God, like, you, we have to get into, like, one thing I like about Google is, theoretically, you can find pretty much whatever you want to find. The thing is, you have to know how to, how to clean your system out so you can find what you need to find. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what, I, so... That's what I did. Like when you came to me with all this stuff, I cleaned my system out and I went hunting. I went looking and I was like, he's right. I, you know, he's a hundred percent right. I wouldn't have believed it, but he's a hundred percent right about that, about the, the Biden issuing more drilling permits than anybody. Yeah. Like, so. And like the people I get my information from uh, for the oil industry I don't get it from Google. I don't get it from anyone. I sit in and I talk to a lot of people that a lot of people don't have access to. Mm. I've developed relationships that has taken me up the totem pole Mm. to people. And and they'll give me their honest answer. And I respect that. And some of them will blow smoke. And I know who they are. And they know who they are. But I I have sat down and had lunch with CEOs of the biggest companies um, in the Permian. I'm, when I say the biggest, I mean the biggest. And they'll tell me what's going on. They'll tell me, hey, um, watch out. This is coming. So just be on your toes and be ready. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll keep an eye out for that. And sure enough, we were slow in January like I was told. And mm. I mean, and then they said, hey, around this time, it's going to come back and it's going to start ramping up. So be ready. This is why it's doing it. So sure enough. Uh, I couldn't jump on this podcast before and record because that happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had guys just running all day long. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I have access to some people who will give me the information that I need and want. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. they'll tell me the truth of what's going on. Not everybody has that. Everybody else gets what they're told by people who yeah. think they know. Yeah. Or what they think, what they're reading from this side's media compared to this side's media. I mean, the thing I would say, honestly, and I, I haven't delved into this whole issue for a long time, but the thing I would say is it's a lot more complicated than people realize. Absolutely. It's not black and white. And number two, first of all, we can't all live in major cities. We just can't. That's just mm-hmm. not possible. It's not feasible. It's not even economical. Mm-hmm. Um, number one. 
Number two, we're going to have to get to something. We're going to have to come up with some way either to make the gasoline or the... Okay, let me say it like this. Like an energy-dense product that's cleaner than what we currently have. <laughs> Whatever that is. Um, but I think, you know, like our, our dominance as a country is down to our, our oil. Like one thing I read for this podcast was if it had been, if we had done what some people wanted to do, we would be handing Russia global dominance right now. And you don't want to do that. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, just saying. Anyway, um, did you have anything else you wanted to say before we um, <clears throat> get um, on? Man, uh, people just open your eyes. Um, the oil and gas industry isn't as bad as you think it is. It's it's what's going to take this country to the top and keep us on top while other companies, uh, other countries depend on us. And whether you believe it or not, this country needs that more than anything. When, pe- when other countries depend on us, that's good for us, economically and socially. We, we, we need that to thrive. And, I mean, once again, you can see it. Uh, every, look what happened to everybody who depended on Russia. You got, you got everybody right. in, in Europe, and now they're just buckling. And we, ha- we need oil and gas. We absolutely need it. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Do we need to find a better way for it to burn? Absolutely. I agree with you. And we can do that, but not with everybody against it. <clears throat> we need to figure out a way, come together, like you said, and find a middle ground. But getting rid of petroleum products, petroleum-based products, anything is not the way we need to go. And once we do get get away from that, we're going to we're going to fall. And we're going to fall really, really hard. Yeah. That's about I mean, all I have. Yeah, I, I would sort of agree with that. I mean, you know. All right, sir. Um, let me find you here. Well, like I always say, this has been Ben Kitchings with the History Voyager. And um, I'm having a great day, and I hope you are too. All right, everybody. Bye-bye. Hang on just a second, Alex.